0: i I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out on the juice box singing oh, 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 oh. So did I ever tell you guys about it's the time I talked to Robbie Robertson?
1: Um, I think so So I was waiting tables at the uh, Vanity Fair Oscar yeah, party yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. just like everybody was there I was like, "Hey, man, it's a question," which is exactly what they said, "Don't do right <laughs> when you're waiting tables at the venue." They're like, "Is that you, Robbie?"
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're like, "They're like, don't talk to the guests, right?" You're
3: they're like, like, "The one and only rule: don't talk to celebrities, <laughs> right? Unless you're serving them something that they want."
1: Exactly. And it's like, "If someone brings a song to the session or whatever, like, how do you guys decide who gets to make decisions, whatever?" I said, "You just go with who wrote it."
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And he was like yeah, yeah, you just go with, it, with who wrote it. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that, was that quick? The, that, oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't seem especially impressed by my question, but whatever. I was I was just well, wanting to and see. And who
2: knows
3: But he, he answered the question. So well, I think that's that shows you I'm, he was impressed. I'm no, not putting him because down.
2: Because he... I, he agreed with the answer that Jonathan gave him. He's like, so do you do this? He was like, yeah, we do that.
3: I would almost Peace. feel like he would appreciate that <laughs> to where you were like, you asked him a question, he gave you the answer, and you were like, sweet, I'm out. And I, he was like, sweet, I don't I'm have saying, to deal with that guy. You may
2: not be wrong, but he did. Johnny teed him up, and then he said, yes, that's how we do it. Thank you. But, Goodbye. But me, <laughs> so
1: you're, I, I was just looking for like an affirmation by a guy who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Does the man, just... Just to be clear, is this I'm like, how do you decide who wrote the song? Robbie Robertson?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the band, I today listened to the new old Neil Young album.
2: Well, he it's from the archives. He he just re-released or released an old album that he recorded back in the day. Was it has a previously unreleased? Yes. Well, a couple of the songs were on other albums, but
3: well, so basically, it was an album. So after I think after Harvest, he was going to release that this album or another album. I can't maybe after the Gold Rush. Wrong. The album Neil Young recently released, Homegrown, was shelved for the 1975 release Tonight's the Night, which came on the other side of On the Beach and before the sessions for Zuma. Maybe, I don't know. He so so, so he out. decided on another album, and he just kept this one away, because it was about a breakup. Uh, half of, like, uh, uh, I think Richard Manuel plays on it. Uh, Levon Helm is the drummer on it. Emmylou oh, Harris is doing backups. Yeah, so it's something like what he was, sweet. like, recording, and he was just like, it's too personal. I don't want to release it. You could tell that this came out in his at his pinnacle. There's some really, really great songs on that album, and it, it got me thinking about... Bands or artists who have had more than one peak. It's like Neil had one, and then yeah, he also yeah. had one again in the late 80s. Yeah. You know, and, when he was doing and the Rockin' in the
2: Free World was like, that was his biggest hit almost. Uh, Harvest
3: Moon. Like, which is probably one of his. No, most popular. it wasn't his
2: biggest hit, but like as far as rock and roll songs, I like it.
3: So like okay. he had two peaks really, like where he had you know good. Well, actually, you, you could oh, argue Buffalo three peaks. You could argue argue three peaks with like mid sixties Buffalo Springs Field, early seventies like his solo albums, and then.
2: And CSNY. But I mean, that's yeah, kind of that's at not, the not same, a peak, but it's just another. That's kind of at the same
3: time. Feather in his cap. Well, you, if you think about it, especially if, if you're going to go mid sixties, if you're adding bands in it with three peaks, then that's. That's rare territory, like maybe Bowie, Radiohead, I well, He's I think lucky had... that
1: he was playing with different folks, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was playing Buffalo Springfield, then he was playing the Crazy Horse, and he
2: was doing sure. his own thing, so that helps. Yeah, but he, he was just...
3: writing songs that impacted in every scenario.
2: I think he has a, a whole, like, basement of albums that he has not released. You know, have you, know? you heard any of his most recent stuff?
3: And I have, and I don't need to hear it again. But just contrasting that with, say, the new Dylan record, which whenever he comes out with an album, it's relevant. Whereas I think when Neil Young comes out with a new album, like Greenleaf or whatever the uh, climate change one was, which good for him on, like, sport and climate change, but it wasn't.
1: He's not really writing songs, he's just like shouting at you with a guitar. Ten
3: minutes, recycle
1: yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> it's just like recycle just... motherfuckers. I mean, it's just I... but here's the thing: he is so good, he has probably just been like he's probably just evolved to where like the whole point of everything is just saying what's on your mind with the guitar. Because I mean, he is time and time and time and time and time and time again, proved that he is one of the best songwriters of all time. So I think he's just kind of like. You know, once you become an icon or you're in the Hall of Fame kind of situation, I mean not the Rock Hall of Fame, I just mean like in the hearts of minds of music fans, you're just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna say exactly like, what I think and just do exactly what I want. I just don't think they worry about polishing things anymore. And it's good for him for doing that. Yeah. I, but I I still think his unplugged is my favorite right. unplugged and possibly my favorite Neil Young album.
3: I I agree with that. We can talk about that more in another episode.
1: And the Uh, thing is that that was a retake. The first one, mm -hmm. it went so poorly, he was not happy with it. He's like, we're going to come back. I wonder how
3: poorly it went. Like, was it that
1: that bad?
3: Or was he, is he just a perfectionist? Like, was everybody there that night? Like, ooh, I can't believe I heard that. There is nothing
1: about Neil Young's dress, hair, or style of guitar playing that makes me think he's a perfectionist.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, you were listening to the podcast. Pod gave rock and roll to you. This podcast, we are going to talk about a song every week. And this week is not going to be Neil, a song from Neil Young's new old album. It is going to be a song from Arcade Fire's first album called Rebellion in parentheses lies. Neil, you picked this song. Why did you pick this song?
2: I mean, I wanted to uh, talk about Arcade Fire. I can't even say that it's my favorite Arcade Fire song, but I think it's one of their most important. It's very relevant today, just how it's a you know, it's called Rebellion, um, and it's just about like uh, not not sleeping through the day, not um you know, kind of waking up and not uh, just following blindly the media, your parents, your friends, just kind of being yourself. They're they're a band that they talk a lot they 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 sing a lot from a childlike or teen perspective like almost like a very youthful vibe they have to them I think they're just I think this song in particular it's just very spiritual they're very spiritual without being religious and they they just have a powerful message I think it's very simple they there's not there's a lot going on but it's very just straight ahead they're basically there's just a ton of people in the band just all in the same rhythm. That yeah, I think that this song just really embodies what they're about. So I thought we'd hash it out.
3: I would say less spiritual and more anthemic. Yeah, right. It, it's it's a straight up anthem.
2: Well, no, I think yes. Well, I think musically anthemic, but I think they're they're very spiritual in their lyrics. Like without without being re- like almost anti-religious. But they're saying something. They're they're spe- They're trying to speak to like your soul. and they're
3: way. they're trying to, and they're a young band, and they're just starting out. And I think they lose the thread pretty early in the song lyrically. But it does start off with this message.
2: Yes. And, yes. And, I agree. Well, the the first um, the first verse is definitely the most powerful. Yes. Then they just start chanting. Well,
3: but, the first part of the song is is the most powerful. Like the build up is. I don't know what makes rock anthemic. Or, or a song anthemic, but like the build up where it builds well it's instruments added. there's like a it's
2: the beat, it's the chanting kind of the the melody, the harmonies. Um, but they build
3: it from the very start. It's like building blocks. they're they're adding instruments at the perfect time to get this in motion.
1: Yeah. So first thing I will say is I can make a very clear distinction between something being good and me liking it. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's not good. I mean, I don't like Black Islands. Like that doesn't mean they're not good. There's a lot of shit I don't like. Wow. So, but I can critique thing from the point of view of a, uh, of a musician in the sense that I can articulate specifically what I don't, what does or doesn't do something for me about this song. The thing that I don't like about this song is it seems so consciously rebellious. Like, look, we're gonna be rebels. It's so self-consciously trying to be fighting against the, the man, But I don't even, I feel like there's just this whole idea out there that like, there are, folks are trying to thwart you. And now let's be clear, and I don't want to get all super political, but of course there's, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but, listen, but of course there's systemic racism. There are active forces that are t- trying to s- subordinate minorities and women. I get, As a white dude in America, I'm not ha- no one's trying to hold me fucking back. And so I have a hard time sleeping in as giving in. You know, I really prefer the stones. The sunshine bores the daylights out of me. So like, I'll sleep all fucking day yeah, long. Yeah, that's
2: about a different, that's about a completely different thing, though. But like but, that, that is like a party attitude that has nothing. to They're not even talking about sleeping. They're talking about don't, don't, don't keep your eyes closed to all the bullshit.
3: This, the, the album that this song is on, Rebellion Lies, is called Funeral, which it is their first album. So they are a young band, like, finding their way. And, like, maybe they're trying to form a message and, like, just getting into that. And they're, musically, they're doing a great job, I think. But it's almost like, and I listened to the album to, today. It's almost like they're doing a white hipster version of a second line march, which so here, here's is the like, it's, a, it's called Funeral in New Orleans, that tradition of when this someone is... dies, that they do the second line.
1: So here's the thing. The the lyrics I can live with, honestly. The music irks the living shit out of me. <laughs> I was it's the opposite it. of a second-line march. I, that's what I'm saying. It was
3: a white hipster version of a second-line march. But it, but the thing is, it's like... They were trying for that.
2: Whatever The, the, the album is called Funeral. This is trying to... Legal. No, actually, well, I, I mean, I I was looking into them a bit, and they they actually went to Haiti before they recorded this album. Well, the, That's why they have a song called Haiti. The,
3: the female vocalist, and I, she plays some instruments in there as well, and, she, she is from Haiti.
2: Okay, okay. Well, they were heavily inspired just by, like, just their their culture down there. And, and they called themselves – uh, Wynn Butler was like, yeah, we're fucking ridiculous. What are we doing? Like, these – people who just he saw some guy like playing on the beach like for 12 hours straight interacting with people coming by and families and let me me say her
3: name regine chasson
2: jonathan i in, in a lot of ways i agree with you um but i but i think it is i mean with all the problems we do have today it seems ridiculous that they're just i my issue really isn't with the the lyric it's the okay. music yeah. that doesn't it. Yeah. Well, support. I'm just saying
1: so if we want to talk about, I'm just saying that's my real issue: okay. the, the fucking monotony and the lack of rhythm.
3: Do you not song, find the song anthemic?
1: It, at best, it's wannabe anthemic, which is the worst. There's one chord progression, and that's not the beat, point, though. They're not trying to fucking impress changes. you. They are trying to interest me and they're well, not. Maybe, it's I so guess, maybe
2: not specifically you. I, I just to say, like, I think. Um, I'm a rhythm
1: guy and there's no rhythm in this. It's all boom, 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 yeah, boom. Yeah, which is, is a, a fucking lot of their, It's a metro. You can yeah. literally say, I have a metronome app that'll do that for you.
3: I will agree with you in some, some extent that I don't think this is. This is probably the fifth best song on that album. So, but but it was their, their highest charted hit on the album. Which tells you what I know. I don't know if y'all remember the band Polyphonic Spree. Yeah, it kind of
1: reminds me of somebody. I kind of know that. Well, they right. that Polyphonic
3: was... Spree was like the early alt band that had. It was very hippie. I, I actually liked some of their songs, but there were like twenty people on stage. They yes, wore robes yes. and just danced around and stuff. And these guys were kind of a. A more serious version of that, and they—they they do. They're—they're they're very self-righteous and like they—they're
2: very spectacle-ish on stage. Yeah, it's—it's it's a whole—it's a whole show. And and one thing I would say, I would love for you to actually see them. I
3: mean, they are one of probably, if not the most popular rock band of the twenty-first century.
1: They... The twenty-first century is very ambitious when you're only. Well, it's, it's close. I would say yeah,
3: since or, they came we're out. Talk, we're talking about. I'm not going to compare them to Pearl Jam and the Beatles and stuff like that. I mean, I don't I mean, think they're even that to like,
1: Are they really bigger than like the Black Keys and the White Stripes were? No, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. So. I think they're yeah.
3: probably more profitable. They, maybe profitable, not, not the Black Keys. I don't know. Maybe not you know, the Black Keys. White Stripes maybe not are the big, Black dude. Keys. I think. Arcade no. fire even, Ar- even the
1: Arctic Monkeys are bigger. No, they're, no, they're no, not. not at all. Not Absolutely. here in Europe. No, Europe motherfuckers. Yeah. Europe. Worldwide? Yeah. Worldwide. All day. Worldwide. Arcade bet. Fire they're is not. pretty big in they're
0: Europe not.
3: too. As of this month, the Arctic Monkeys have 12.8 million monthly listeners on Spotify. The White Stripes at 8 million. The Black Keys at 6.5 million. And Arcade Fire at 4.2. This, this album came out the year after i was i got out of college so what i find with this song and the album in general but this song especially because it's so anthemic in my mind like that i just i associate this with anthemic rock indie rock i guess whatever most of their songs are this was uh the feeling i get because we discussed the clash last week and i used to run listening to the clash this was 2006 i was in boston I remember I was a bouncer at the Paradise Rock Club in Boston. I was about to move to Mississippi, and they were like, "Yo, we got this. We booked this band, Arcade Fire, that just blew up. Like their first album just blew up." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit, I'm leaving that week. I love that album." I went to Mississippi for a while. This album I listened to, and the feeling that I got from it, and this is the first time we've talked about, I can remember being alive. Like I, I can, like I can remember yeah. when it came out and where I was when I heard it, and it was such a perfect piece of music for somebody just getting out of college and being like, what's about to happen? I look at this album and this song in particular as like, keep your eyes open. Anything can happen. Possibility. I don't know. Maybe it's just a time in your life where you're more emotional because you don't know what's going to happen. You're out of college. You got debt. This was a, this is a, great album to to have in your life at that time. That's like a new band to be like, I'm excited about this band.
2: There's things I want out of certain bands. Like, I know it's very simple, it's it's super simple, but I'm not looking for the same thing from them that I I am the Stones or Radiohead or anyone. Like, I just really, I really like the simplicity. I like that they dig into it. It's more about their lyrics and their just, their passion and their like energy. Like it really is.
1: There's no melody. There's no rhythm. It's the same Fidtadesma. thing over and, da 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 da. over and over and think, over and over
3: and oh, over and over and over I, I think <laughs> the best part of the melody in the song
2: is uh, the.
0: That's, that's
1: alright. That's notes put like,
2: together Oooh"? into a melody. I mean, like but that's not like, I
1: melodic. Mean, okay, that's alright. It's, sure, that's the best part. Yeah, fine.
3: Okay. But- I'm not saying that's the best part. I, I say that's the best part of the melody.
2: I really Ma, do. Da, 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 da,
3: da, 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 I love yeah. a
2: lot of good music, and like I, I have just as many like old roots as you do.
1: But I'm just saying, don't make it a classic rock issue. It's not about classic rock.
2: I like no, plenty no. of well, EDM and all kind of. Shit. In my opinion, there's no other band I'd rather see live than them. I do not agree with you on that. Okay, and and we, we this comes up a lot with us. Other than uh, like Radiohead and the White Stripes, like what bands from this Century that Billy are popular.
1: Eilish, Mac Demarco, fucking like it blonde redhead. You love Muse, right? Muse, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's plenty of. Be- I'm not, I'm not a traditionalist. And once again, I'm not saying people shouldn't like this. It's just monotonous. The lyrics are the best part, and they're okay. I think people like it just because it's so easy to find the beat and stomp to it, and everyone gets yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, and, and and not everyone is
2: musicians and want that much out of music. A lot of people want yeah. a powerful. And passionate message and delivered in a solid beat and i i think that that's like they are so popular because a lot of us uh and i think i think you're just looking for more like i mean i almost knew that you would hate that. that it doesn't have the things i look for in music. one thing i do like i like the the piano almost reminds me of uh was it, uh, I want to be your dog, or, um, what was that, a Stooges tune, where they're just like, Yeah, I want to be your dog. Yeah. Because, I mean, and,
1: uh, well, I monot- mean, it's a-
3: Monotony's not necessarily a bad thing in every song.
1: Monotony I is mean. inherently bad. Repetition- I don't is, think so. No, no listen, monotony I- is an adjective. Repetition is not necessarily bad, but monotonous is inherently okay, well, uninteresting.
3: Fine. we're going to go semantics short.
1: Yeah, but if we want to use the right words, we
3: should do that. Yeah. I love the first verse, I guess, verse and a half, you know, sleeping is giving in no matter what the time is. Sleeping is giving in. So lift those heavy eyelids. You know, it's it's just it's wake up. It's a great message. I I think they say it well. And I I like the music there. I do agree with you that over time, the music, they lose the thread lyrically and the song. You're just like, all right, I'm done. We listened to it before the podcast. Two and a half minutes in. I'm like, all right, I'm going to start talking. I feel like like
1: I sing these lyrics every day on a bumper sticker somewhere in Los Angeles. It's about that kind of. (laughs) originality
2: and, okay i mean so you I definitely don't like I, the song because no, earlier just, you're like i like the lyrics now you're like they're bumper sticker lyrics I'm, like, they're, the,
1: they're the best part of the lyrics oh the like, best part they're, is they're, the, bumper the lyrics, sticker I, lyrics. I, exactly that's the best part I, is the bumper
3: I, sticker
2: lyrics i like this song less after listening to it all week i think i walked into this because like i started the podcast with i think i i have a lot a lot of songs from arcade fire that i like a lot better but i had a problem just picking the one i wanted to do and like i knew that this kind of had elements of all their songs you know what i mean so i almost i almost chose this song because i wanted to talk about arcade fire it's great though that might have
3: it's fun to do i feel like you should have just picked wake up off this album or no wake
2: up wake up's (laughs) too or powers out well i would have done i would have done mountains beyond mountains or creature comfort or actually one of my favorites is half Light." but I, i i hear you i mean this song like i think it's just it really just embodies them as a band, which
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, like, it's fine. It's just we look like I know, like Neil. If I if, if I put too much fucking sauce on anything, you're not gonna like it. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: this is just too much sauce for me, or there's not enough sauce. There's, much,
3: there's not, a, not. Yeah, I think I think it's not it's, enough sauce.
1: No, I meant I meant in the sense that like Neil hates to an, an excess of sauce in situations like too much yeah. mayonnaise or too much anything. <laughs> So if you're so ever- it was
2: two different sauce metaphors. But the point is, it's it's too it it,
1: it it it's too much, it's not enough. It's it's just something you fundamentally don't like. So and you were
3: saying Neil does not want sauce on his chicken wings so- or in his music.
2: No, he's saying I just ordered a chicken sandwich and it came with way too much mayonnaise, and that's arcade fire.
1: No, but there the, the in the sense that it's 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 not it's that it's not what you're looking for. And it's like and it's not what Neil's looking for. This is not what I look for in music. It
2: definitely, there's so many bands that I like, or Josh and I like, that you definitely don't. It almost, just, it just pains me so much sometimes, because oh, I really, because I like old school country, like,
1: I mean, there's shit, you don't sit around and do, like, I, it's okay, it's, it's good, that's why we're good together. I like, do uh,
3: Fire is, is a very indie band, which means, like, we were talking about a couple yeah, of weeks ago, sure. we were talking about, it's like an indie, like, you take indie and you kind of take the soul out of everything, which I don't necessarily think that's true. It's just a different kind of. Soul. I think
2: with it's them, it's the opposite. I think in in as far as indie's concerned, they have the most soul. I think that's why they're so big because I really think that they they have a very almost U two kind of vibe to them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they almost I mean, took the torch from U two. Like U two without the better with with less the songs. Yeah, they, they didn't. They didn't have the songs that just like defined the eighties and nineties, but. There's a lot more saturation and I now. Guess, but I guess you what know? I would say with that is, I think it, if they okay, came out so back then in MTV, they another, might have Here's been.
3: another question about Arcade Fire though. When you talk about U Two, there's there's basically two standouts. There's Bono's vocals. It's got some good lyrics. And then Edge Edge had a way to play guitar that very unusual and different and anthemic. And Arcade, what stands out musically? Like they don't have like a just an amazing guitar player. Don't write like amazing lyrics. I think. They're better as a whole than their individual yeah, parts. Yeah, they're
2: they're a little army that just has a lot of energy. And I think they make up for some of their rhythm and kind of what you're looking for with energy. I think, And that's why I think they're such a good band to see. Uh, it's a shame you won't ever tag along. Same will never happen. <laughs> Here's
1: the thing. I will say this. One thing I, I do totally admire and respect, and that is something you cannot fake, tons of passion. So they're very sincere. And so that's, I mean, because if you don't have sincerity, that's a whole nother ring of hell you belong. And,
3: and again, I think we, we cannot, <laughs> we cannot g- get away from the fact that their first album, this is the, I think the eighth song on the album, which, which is a great, it's not London Calling. It's not like a legendary album, but I think for a first album for a band, it's a great effort. And this song is a great effort at what they're trying to do. It's like, Hey, we want to be anthemic.
1: You can't say, I want to be anthemic. As soon as you do that, you're a cheesedad. I don't...
3: I did, But let's say there's yeah, a sound... I think that was they wrong. I think they, there's a sound they settled on that's like, hey, we're going to write these songs, and it's going to be a, a, a commune. Let's say a communal experience of... Like, this song is credited to everyone in the band. It's a communal song where we're going to try to do this like this with, I don't know, eight players... Twelve yeah. players and and it's going to have a lot of and energy, like Neil said, and it's going to be the thing is and-
2: that it may not be their best song, but it is one of their most. Pop- they they close a ton of shows. I, I'd say like eighty percent of their shows they end up closing with this.
1: That, honestly, that's another thing that, that gets on my nerves. There are like twelve people on stage. But I hear like, man- I mean, but I hear like it's so three. three saw that-
2: them at the forum a couple years ago, and it was a great was show. Amazing, it's a great show.
1: It was so cool. I'm saying I feel like you could do this with four people.
3: I think there's a lot. I think there there is a little excess in this song specifically, but as a band. Um,
1: well, I'm just talking about this song. And the thing and, is, they're all doing the same thing right on top of each other, right in the same. I, beat. Hold on, you're talking what, about indie singer, man. Like, there's plenty of folks, like especially back, like back in the day. I mean, even like like early Smashing Pumpkins before they got big, or just like said so that Mac DeMarco. I don't know if you know yeah. this stuff. No, I, I
3: like Mac DeMarco. He's fine. Uh, but yeah, the I don't I, well, I don't want
1: to make this a genre issue because I like. Well, play-
3: I like EDM so, shit, man. Like, I want to I bring up, I, I do not like EDM shit for the most part, it's but it's a different yeah. conversation for a different day. The question I want to ask, today I was playing golf, I was listening to this album. God damn, are you always it, playing golf? Well, it was a holiday today, July 3rd, so I went <laughs> That's to not, golf. The
1: 4th is a holiday, the 3rd, July 3rd is not a holiday.
3: Ho- it's July 4th observance holiday. I was listening to this album. And it did. It took me back to like a time in my life. It it really was a perfect album for like a new band to come onto the scene. I remember when I was a freshman in college, you had like The Strokes and Kings Leon were just coming out. My Morning Jacket, all bands that I really loved. The bands that I flocked to in college and was never not going to see when they came through town. And then this band came out right after college with this album that was basically, it's called Funeral, which you would think everything's dead. But... For me, you know, when you get out of college, possibilities are endless and you, you don't know what you're going to do. Opportunities, blah, blah, blah. So this was a very specific album for me right after college. Do you guys have an album that you remember right after college or a year after college that was just like came out around that time that you were just super into? Like you were saying Smashing Pumpkins. I, I mean, not their first album that came out in like 93. I was 93, in and,
1: junior high listening. To yeah.
3: It. <laughs> so, so when you got out of college, what was there a new band that release an yeah. album that you were just like i would say uh, or not yep.
2: not even a new band but yeah no after, an album just for an me, album that was yoshimi battles the pink robots yeah.
1: i think you said right out of college i would probably say exile of mainstream that was <laughs> yeah, the most influential no, no, no. album I'm for me at I that time that. And that's fine no, that's great i wasn't asking and, if it was okay josh i wasn't asking if it was okay
3: well no i'm just saying in terms <laughs> of like it's an older <laughs> album but like
1: no, I mean,
2: yeah, I'm right. Yeah, no, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm just always listening. To, I just always try to hear everything I can. Really. I'll, I'll always listen to something new. I definitely heard this when it first came out. What was it? Oh, two thousand six. Yeah, I heard this um, right away and loved. I've I've loved it ever since. And and one thing that I n- never noticed is. That I that I really enjoy is that they I've never heard one guitar solo, which is probably one of the reasons that you're not. No, 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 that never entered my mind. There's no guitar solo in Train in Vain. No, I'm saying in in any of their songs, period. No, that has no bearing whatsoever. whatsoever. In fact,
1: I hear too many guitar solos.
2: (laughs) I have no, has no bearing whatsoever. And but but I just I just found that interesting that I am you know guitarist and I love guitar solos so much and I'm I'm usually looking for like oh what's the guitar doing what's that and I've never even like the guitar in this band is such an afterthought it really is just the pounding beat and their passion and energy it's just it's it's there's there's, no swing though man it's like a metronome Uh, the whole it's so it's so trying to
1: swing I think it's like Jay Leno's monologue it's so in the fucking middle everyone can figure out where it's at It just—it just—it really is. It really, it's really—it's like rhythm for fucking life. I can't think of hardly any other music that's not EDM that is so fundamentally.
2: Unrhythmic. Well, they are very EDM. Let, with let, let's take let's take a step in a, in back. Way. Let's take
3: a step back to two thousand five six when this came out, and think about what kind of music was coming out. You had you know TV on the radio. I think was starting to get kind of a a following, or but kind of becoming one of the bigger New York bands they're after kind of the Strokes and and LCD sound system and stuff. Kings Leon was still putting out good albums. Uh, My Morning Jacket put out Z a little bit after this. I mean, this was in, oh, actually, funny thing you mentioned Arcade Fire earlier, because when I left Boston, not Arcade Fire, Arcade Arcade Fire. (laughs) Yeah, we certainly When I left Boston, the first album of both of these bands came out at the same time. Because we had booked them at the Paradise within a week, and, and like months before. And they, both the albums just blew up. And everybody's like, "Dude, we got Arctic Monkeys coming, we got Arcade Fire coming, and I had to leave." Arcade Otherwise, Monkeys. yeah. And <laughs> so you had both of these bands that were super huge. These were the two hot bands in spring of 2006. Arcade Fire, Arctic Monkeys. Both have amazing albums, first albums, and I agree with you. Arctic Monkeys are doing something different. They're doing something more traditional rock and roll, whereas I think Arcade Fire, because of their makeup with the uh, female multi with regime doing multi instrumental vocals, being from Haiti, like they're trying to like incorporate world music into what they're doing.
2: What is special? What is unique about this? There's nothing they're, unique about it. their lyrics, their sincerity, their passion. Their sincerity their is not
1: illegal. Passion, and those are things that are not sincere. I mean, I mean, they're, they're well, not unique. They're not
2: unique. They basically are. EDM, they don't have guitar solos. It's all just one but big they don't
1: sound. But the weird, freaky, unexpected shit from EDM. It's just Skrillex. You never know what he's gonna throw in there. Okay. Beach, okay. you never know so, what he's gonna throw in there. So, I
3: definitely don't want to talk about EDM. So let's talk about. Do you have a favorite part of the song?
2: This is Big Jello again. Well, th- between this and whiter shade of pale, that it gets all the same. Like I just. This song sounds like a pharmaceutical commercial to me. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. This would be a great, if I heard this on a pharmaceutical
3: commercial, I'd be like, you know what?
2: It's a bumper sticker, pharmaceutical commercial. Exactly, do you have a least favorite
3: part of the song? The whole song. It's all
2: the same, it is all the same.
3: It's it's all, it's a circle. Let
1: me ask you this, Josh. What's your favorite part of the circle?
3: Well, I already said it was the radius. (laughs) He's the radius, man. My favorite part of this song is the beginning. I think they start really strong. I I think the buildup gets me going. I like the lyrics when it comes in. It does lose the thread.
1: Wait, repetition doesn't bug you at all.
3: I love the song for about a minute. I, I really <laughs> do.
1: For about a fifth
3: of it? For about a third of it, let's say.
0: And
3: then I'm good. But I do love what they're doing for about a minute of the song. Whether they lose the thread or not, I mean, the outro, as I said, there's a nice little melodic harmonies in there. But I'm also like, okay, I, I'm either going to fast forward this or just I'm going to start talking to somebody. So, yeah, that's... Yeah probably my least favorite part of the song neil
2: um my favorite part of the song is like because it is so repetitive i love how they go to that minor change to the the e flat b flat down to that like just that that little change He's like every time you close your eyes and then it falls like it almost the bottom drops out which is real not the bottom drops out but just the change underneath of that that chant Really is powerful.
3: I like that, but I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on Jonathan's side here, or I'm going to make a point that I think Jonathan's probably going to agree with. That yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. they put that change into G minor, where they drop it to just change something, because everything else is just the same. <laughs> so, Jonathan, if there was a place that you could hear this song, oh what God. would it be?
1: <laughs> a pharmaceutical commercial. <laughs> uh, uh, on TV late It'd at night, watching
3: QVC. Got it.
1: No, no, no. A fucking commercial that comes on for some drug that makes you feel good. And you're not sure why.
3: okay okay so for me i would say this is a great song for people either getting out of high school or college or going through a big change and i think the repetition i'm going to say repetition works in its favor in terms of like hey man go out and get it this is a this is an uplifting song in that
2: way and i think what you just said ties all this together what they're doing and what they did when they wrote this they were they were very young and this song is for, it's not for our generation necessarily. I i really like them. I don't think it was necessarily written for you. I think it, like, this song specifically. It was written for my generation. Don't make
1: it a generational or genre
2: they issue. Didn't, again, they didn't set out to do that. I'm just saying that's what it speaks to. It doesn't that's necessarily fine. speak to. you. And the perspective they write from is a little little different I from. I can see
1: that.
2: If I'd want to hear it anywhere, it's it's them playing it live or and i think you brought up a good point for just like just the youth getting out of college you know just anything like that one thing i was gonna say though was look in spite of the fact that it's not
1: exactly my cup of tea i can see where if you were into that kind of stuff the show would be a blast because i mean it yeah. obviously sounds good live i could see where the experience of it could be fun if you were into that kind of thing like, they execute really well I'll yeah,
3: say yeah. when you're at an arcade fire show you're like most of the people here own ecstasy there okay, we go, that makes want- sense. <laughs> they're wanting to have fun, and get, they're wanting to get the energy, and they do provide that.
2: Well, and what you just said, I think if if you went into it with an open mind, I think you'd really enjoy it. Even though you said it was a bumper sticker lyrics and this and that, you said the lyrics weren't your problem. It, it's the beat, it's the re- repetitive, it's the right. no rhythm. But if like if you put all their songs together from an album or a show, all the lyrics... Are just they have one message, and it's very inspiring. It's just a great journey. But I think that's the music. I think the feeling is the music. Listening to the
3: song, I I appreciate the music of the song more than I do the lyrics, because after listening to London Calling last week and actually hearing what a band with a message that executes perfectly, a message band and a message band, like what you're saying, and I don't think they live up to that.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think I even had written down, I had that they... Remind me of The Clash in a way just because they have a, a message from a more middle class suburbia point of view.
1: We all have a few things in our life maybe that we like the more extreme versions of, right? Like
2: when it comes to comedy,
1: you can't really say anything too dirty or too dark. To make me laugh, like I some folks like jesnick all that shit, I love it, like fucking. Oh yeah. yeah, and if, if you I, I want to laugh at shit. I'm a little
2: bit ashamed of laughing at right. That's yeah, that's man. what I really do. Right?
3: That's part. That's part of what makes it funny. If you're now a the, true
2: fan of comedy, there's funny and then there's not funny. But either. some <laughs> people like, but, but some people It's like, very black and white.
1: But some people don't want some, some like Eric clap The other area in my life where I want the most extreme is rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so when if you don't have if you don't have any swing and it's just. I'm like it feels it feels like a chicken cross the road joke to a guy who wants to hear Anthony in and because it's so clear.
2: And I'm not saying no one else should dig that. Johnny, do you think that they were inspired by any band previously, or have inspired any band since? Okay, now, like, I, I or, and make, if you don't have an opinion, that's fine too. No, no, yeah. for sure. No, I, I don't want to like
1: just because they're Canadian, you know, whatever. Just, <laughs> but I, honestly, they do have like the spirit of a Neil Young, like at least in their lyrics. Like it's it's very much like. But it is definitely, it definitely is the spirit of freedom and do your own thing and like go your own way. I think I could see where like, you know, they would have like not more in the spirit of what they do, not the actual production of what they do. You know, I mean, so they must have been, I mean, who isn't inspired by Neil Young, right? But like,
2: it's, I think it's it's of that same ethos. So, uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, uh, I think they were inspired, I don't know if they're inspired by YouTube, but I think that that that's a very good comp. And I think they have inspired a lot of bands that maybe even water down your perspective of them. Like, there's so many bands that have tried to be like Arcane Fire since 2005. I think think their message is is very resonant with a lot of folks. And it's very of a certain thing that a lot of folks are into, which is, you know, don't. Like I said, the generation. I think they've inspired Uh, a generation of musicians.
3: I think they are highly respected by lots and lots of white people. And yeah, that's
2: the word I was looking for. I didn't want to say it. Me that
3: was the word. Me me the being the I love this band. I They're not my favorite band of the 21st century, but like I love this band and they hold a special part. Like Whenever they come out with a new album, I'm going to listen to it immediately when it drops and I'm going to like at least two or three songs on the album, and that's in stone. So, Inspiration, like I said, Polyphonic Spree, I love the U2, Reverence, oh, Neil. Oh, wait,
1: tie the U2 thing, just tie it together again for
2: me. What is it they have in common? Just the anthemic, the, the very ethereal, not, not many big guitar solos, a singer who's very passionate and kind of spiritual, political in, in ways. Musically, they don't have much in common with
1: it. A, a okay.
3: lot
2: of people compare
3: them to Springsteen in their like anthemic songs. My okay. inspiration would be, listen to Creature Comfort. And on that note, we are gonna play a cover of this song
0: Every time you close your eyes. 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 eyes. Try and hide the night underneath the cover. People try and hide the light underneath the cover. Come on, hide your lovers underneath the covers. Come on, hide your lovers underneath the covers. Hiding from your brothers underneath the covers. Come on, hide your lovers underneath the covers. Say that you'll die faster than without water, but we know it's just a lie to scare your son, to scare your daughter. Now here's the sun, it's alright. Now here's the moon, it's alright. Now here's the sun, it's alright. Now here's the moon, it's alright. Every time you close your eyes. 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 (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
3: going to do it this episode uh, you just heard josh bond on vocals and rhythm guitar neil marsh on lead next week is my week and we will be diving into when will i be loved uh, first recorded by the everly brothers and then a massive hit for linda ronstadt uh, 15 years later
1: later later can't wait <laughs>